See Africa, Breathe Africa is a weekly podcast made to bring Uganda, Rwanda, and the Democratic Republic of Congo closer to you. It's moderated by a travel consultant and cultural tourism expert, Miha Logar, in Rwanda, and an Afrofusion musician, Joe Kahiri, in Uganda. They regularly tap into the international network of Gorilla Highlands experts to answer any question you might possibly have. See Africa, breathe Africa. The hills are green and the skies are blue. Homeland is calling out to you. Things I've never seen, things I've never heard. A waste of future, you and me. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we begin our second episode of See Africa, Breathe Africa. And we kick it off, as usual, with a song. This song is Ija. Ija means come. Come home. This song invites you to come visit in a region that's well known for treating foreigners and strangers and visitors as friends and as family and so when you visit it's not just a visit it's a home coming Well, and usually, with every episode, we will have a story from the voice of Santa Barbara, but who is down with a cold this week. But we are lucky to have the same cast of the last episode, just giving us great information and sharing about their experiences in the region. And so, Miha, I say we kick it off. What do you say? I say we fortunately still have the recording from last week where the voice explains who is with us, so let's play it! In this episode, Mihu and Joe are helped by Charlotte Beauvoisin, a British travel blogger, Katerina Lahner, an Austrian online community coordinator, Moses Turinawe, a Ugandan National Park Tourism Warden, and Ramadan Sindigaya, a Rwandan chef. You get to know this team better using the links in the show notes. Not only that, before falling sick, the voice of Santa Barbara thankfully recorded the questions we are going to address this time. Traveler's question. How safe is it to use public transportation in the Gorilla Highlands region, being a white woman traveling solo? Well, I think that Katarina has experience with that and Charlotte has abundant, very recent experience from that side of life. Katerina, how did you get on? It was good. Like, to me, it was very safe. I felt always very safe. Like, the people were always really friendly. And I actually always, like, tell my my friends from back home that I also found it was so efficient. I know there are some, like, you know, cliches around Africa. Everything takes time. But, you know, back home it can be that you have to wait half an hour for the bus because you're there or a train because they're sticking to rules and the collectivos were always like okay it's full we go so i always found it really safe and also really fast and yeah really helpful and 
I, I, I loved it. I, I was actually back home. I was like kind of frustrated that I have to stick to a schedule. How many marriage proposals did you get while using public transport? <laughs> uh, to be honest, none. <laughs> wow. And, and how many years? How many years ago was this taking place? Just for uh, for the context. Yeah, it's actually already six years ago that I've traveling in East Africa. It feels like yesterday, but it's definitely already some years ago. Well, we have somebody who definitely travels by bus as a solo woman this year. So let's let's see if it's still the same six years on. Yeah, absolutely. I've traveled all over. I say Uganda, Rwanda, and Kenya by bus. I've never had any problems. You know, I, I think it's it's people have this culture where, where we live in our region of Africa. People have a culture of respecting foreigners, um, and there are very few instances where people take advantage of foreigners. So people will help you on the bus. They'll help you with your luggage, that kind of thing. Um, some people might want to talk to you, but most people just leave you to do your own thing, so you don't get a lot of hassle. Um, and I think people take a little bit more care to find out where you want to get off, and you know, you know where you're going, that kind of thing. Um, the only thing I would say is that bus travel is not all that safe in a developing country, full stop. Whether you're a man or a woman, you know, our roads aren't always very good and we don't always have lights on our vehicles. But other than that, there's no particular danger as a woman. I felt very comfortable and I've done overnight bus trips across borders and all kinds of things. Well, Charlotte also runs a popular blog. And in that blog, I think there are stories from public transport experiences. Um, some of them very hilarious. Uh, Charlotte, please. This is the time for for a plug. Uh, we can even we can even throw the best stories into our show notes so that people can read how it actually is where the funny things happen. Especially, it's usually between men and women. <laughs> like, yeah, my bus journeys are some of my most popular stories. Actually, um, yeah, marriage proposals. I I, tra I traveled from from Uganda into Kenya on the back of a bicycle the middle of the night once that was fun and, and another time when we went into Rwanda a huge lorry had overturned crossing a river and um, a big articulated lorry full of cement so um, so of course because it was full of cement the water rushed into the vehicle and I don't know how long it took them to get everything out they were all pointing at the Mazungu saying you know do you want us to carry you across and they're trying to make money out you know just a few shillings or cents so it was yeah um I, you know, I really love public travel. It's such a fantastic insight into local culture. And, you know, a lot of people will go in a safari vehicle and have a professional guide. And that's all very nice and very safe and what have you. But it's not the same as going on a bus and meeting a nun. And then, you know, the, the taxi driver asks you on a banana. And then somebody passes you a child. And, and you can see oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's straight away. Charlotte mentioned the term Muzungu. Um, I um, might not be a woman, but I definitely am one of these, of the Bazungu, singular Muzungu, simply a white person in East Africa. And I can concur, of course, my specifics are slightly different, um, but the bottom line is this is safe. And we talk mostly about Uganda, but it's the same in Rwanda as well. 
public transport is safe. Like, I do not see any reason for anybody to avoid that unless they prefer comfort. Can I add one, one, one thing, and that is that if you are going to go on public transport, I would always go for the best option you can afford because there are some vehicles that are maintained and there are some bus drivers that do like it's very common so let's not say that public transport in, uh, in East Africa is the best in the world because it's not <laughs> um, but it can be it can be a good very good experience and I, I almost totally rely on it I, I very rarely get a private family. well let me share a personal story from many years ago I was boarding a bus in Kampala and when I entered the bus everybody looked annoyed and it's difficult, really difficult, to make a Ugandan impatient, and, you know, aggressive, and so on. Um, so I asked the people there, um, for how long have you been waiting for this bus to start? And they said, uh, six minutes. So, sorry? And then immediately a second letter came a correction. No, 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 six hours. So the biggest, the biggest problem with the buses might be you choosing the wrong one, the one that doesn't have a good reputation and the few people use and then it just goes when it's full and it doesn't get full so easily. So that applies in Uganda very much. You need to be smart about which company to choose. In Rwanda, it isn't the case. Rwanda, it's every 30 minutes the bus goes. It's much more uniform on the Rwandan side of, of the region than in Uganda. Perhaps something worth noting though for a, um, a Mzungu traveler or a foreigner traveling, um, you'll be perceived as somebody with more disposable income. Uh, you have dollars, so if you change a hundred dollars, you will get about 370,000 Uganda shillings, which is a considerable amount of money for most people here. So they will assume that you have money to spend and money to give away, and you're probably carrying cash with you. I um, generally, it's not a good idea to reveal money in public. So I would say find, put somewhere, put your money that you don't need to use immediately, put it somewhere deep and then just have, you know, have the money that you need to spend. When you get into a restaurant or somewhere that's an establishment, it's usually then safer than you can like reach your other monies do whatever you need to do but then like on the streets in public transport like around people you don't want to give the impression that you're ready to throw around money because the more you're ready to throw around money the more devices people will come up with to get it everybody does get bothered once you get out at the park everybody's trying to take you somewhere trying to so what i would usually do even me as a ugandan when i get off the bus at the park i tell i tell everybody i meet at the door that I'm already catered for. Then once I get out of the bus and I have all my things with me, then I'll, only then will I find someone to, because people start offering to carry your things, offering to take you to the next bus that you're going to. So then I'll ask, you know, is there a bus going to this and this place? Um, so the thing that you probably want to do is make sure that you know the names and not just the name, but the pronunciation of the name of the place that you're going to. Um, some of the names will be will be differently pronounced. For example, K's in the Ugandan language 
most of our Ugandan languages, the K's are trans are, are interpreted as ch, you know, like ch, like. So kitintale would be chitintale, but that shouldn't be a big problem. You can still get away with with that. Someone could say kitintale and will still know where they're going. But so you want to know the name of the place where you're going and be sure about it, um, and then hopefully have somebody who can meet you there when you when you are late, just so you don't get lost. But I would say, from my perspective, that it is safe. Next question. Traveler's question. Is it possible to get by public transport from Uganda's Entebbe airport to, let's say, Kisoro? Moses knows most on that topic because uh, he works in Kisoro. Moses, what, what can you say about traveling to Kisoro? Yeah, yes, thank you, Miha and the rest. Uh, there are buses that come direct from Kampala to Kisoro. Uh, we have about uh, six companies where we have more than 10 buses that come every day to Kisoro. Uh, the only two challenges from Entebbe, connecting from Entebbe to Kampala. And then when you reach Kampala, getting the right pack for the buses coming to Kisoro. And also maybe I can comment on what you said about the buses getting full. That is the... <laughs> Uh, one of the challenges because the bus cannot leave when it is not full. And uh, another worst experience, sometimes you can find when it is loaded by people who are just from the stage who are not passengers, <laughs> just confused that you think that the bus is full when actually it is not full. So when a customer comes, you see somebody getting out as if he or she is going to pick something and then goes away. <laughs> That's also <laughs> another worst experience. But uh, we have public transport that comes direct from Kampala to Kisoro. It's generally smart to enter such buses relatively early in the morning. Like, I wouldn't recommend targeting a bus in the middle of the day because that's least likely to get full quickly. Moses, I think that currently night buses are not there, right? That's true, they are not there now. They don't move at night because of curfew. Yes, I would I would normally go in the evening and then travel by night. That doesn't apply at the moment, so early in the morning is a good idea. Those buses are going to go relatively quickly. The one part that I wanted to add is the part of the airport to Kampala. Yes, uh, it's definitely possible, but nobody's particularly interested in supporting you in that. So you need to find your way out of the airport which is not that short uh, at Entebbe. And then once you are out, you start seeing uh, taxis, as they, as they call them, white vans with uh, blue, blue uh, lines around them. And those ones go to Kampala. And from Kampala, you can find your way to any place in the country. In Kigali, on the other hand, it's super easy because the airport is so small, you just walk out and get a motor, a motorcycle. It can take you to any to any part of the city. The next question goes... Traveler's question. What is good to organize beforehand in my home country? And what is better to do directly in your region? I know about guerrilla permits and visas and vaccines. I don't know. There's like almost nothing you cannot get here. Um, it's a good idea to get vaccinated and get... Uh, all those basics done when you're still at home, but the rest can be done here. You can definitely buy toothpaste, for example. 
But if you have some specific needs, if you are attached to some specific brand of candies, you might not find them in our supermarket, so stock some. Or if you have a specific medicine solution that you really need on a daily basis, bring it with you. But outside of that, even the smallest places have relatively well-stocked supermarkets. Charlotte is nodding, but that is not going to be heard uh, in the podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what it is you really can't do without. Um, I mean, if you're only coming for two weeks, you're going to find everything that you want here. Medicines are important. If certain kinds of anti-malarials need to be taken before your trip, I think malarone is one of those. But um, but check with your doctor or tropical health specialist. Yeah, I mean, you can get everything you want, whether repellent or... I, I think the only issue is is price. Things you may be able to get everything you want in Africa, but it might be more what you pay for it back home. It's something a bit unusual. Like, we've got a really wide range of repellents and skincare, some skincare products. I, I buy those at home. But, or, or for um, example, if you want to buy sunscreen, you belong to a very specific market that needs sunscreen. And of course, this market is supposed to pay a little bit more. So it's a better idea to bring your sunscreen with you. But, it, but at the same time, what Charles was talking about in terms of uh, uh, malaria treatment, uh, it's often also a good idea to just start with your European stock and then buy the much cheaper local solutions, local equivalents. Uh, on the ground. Uh, Rama, do you have any experience? <laughs> you are a traveler. What do you prefer to arrange outside of Rwanda? <laughs> <laughs> this question is a bit tricky because so it depends on how you're, you're planning your trip. Yeah, well, um, I once met a guy who basically played a game uh, before leaving his homeland he would calculate how many days and how many meals and how many cans he would need. So he would buy everything in America, bring all those <laughs> ingredients with him and survive and be very proud of himself. I mean, part of it is also the adventure of buying local things, having things done locally. It might be a little bit different, it might be not as efficient as elsewhere, but that's part of the experience, I would say, of traveling around. I heard a story about a, an American expat who brought her own supply of toilet paper with her and she was on a several year contract. <laughs> <laughs> but that, excuse me, I know something about Americans. They okay. have very soft toilet paper, so it's very <laughs> difficult for them to, to get adjusted to not so soft toilet paper. So I kind of, with part of me, understand that. You know, she just wanted one thing in her life to be just perfect. <laughs> what about the carbon footprint? That's really unnecessary. Good point. Well, <laughs> well, at least toilet paper is relatively light. The next question. Traveler's question. Should I be extra careful with anything while in the Gorilla Highlands region? Like, honestly, nothing comes to my mind but traffic. You need to be careful in traffic. If you're used to crossing roads without looking around, if you think that people in cars are going to stop for you, please don't count on that here. Uh, having a traffic accident 
is the most likely thing to happen, and you're probably not thinking about this now. Outside of that, I wouldn't think of anything. Katrina, do you have any advice like that? Yeah, I'm just thinking. I think using common sense, like in every country, is good. But yeah, traffic is definitely something, especially maybe if you're not used for like border border rides or like being on a bicycle. I think it's also a little bit testing what are you comfortable with. Like, okay, do a border border ride, see if you're comfortable with it, or collectivos and buses, try different options. I would also not be too afraid about malaria. I think it's good to use mosquito repellent, of course. So that's a, a, a little watch out, but I think also nothing too specific. And like for me, I really had the feeling I had I really didn't know what to expect when I came to East Africa, and I had the feeling it is just common sense, like in every any other country. I could not think of a of a major watch out that stands out for that region. Moses, would you recommend anything specific since you know your people about traffic? What she says, uh, especially in Uganda. I've walked on the streets in London. I've seen how well-designed are, how zebra crossings are there, well, clear, well-designed. People respect them, but in Uganda we don't have. Even the street lights and all that, if somebody stands at the zebra crossing and then the, until the light authorizes you to cross, then you will cross. <laughs> but for our case, border borders are there, bicycles, cars are all moving all over. I have an anecdote related to what you just shared, Moses. When my Ugandan wife came to Slovenia, she was so amazed that cars would stop for her when she was crossing the road that she would at times just stop the car just for the sake of it, just because she enjoyed the experience of a car stopping for you because you show an intention to, to cross. Yeah, very different cultures. Uh, Rama, is there is there anything you would uh, like to add from uh, Rwandan slash Ugandan slash regional perspective? Anything to be careful with? So uh, the only thing I can add on when you're traveling to Uganda, so you just need to be careful with the clouds because pickpocket is common. So you need to be careful. Thank you, Rama, for that. I actually forgot to mention that there is Uganda, there is the Gorilla Highlands region, and then there is Kampala. Kampala has a nickname, crazy, 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 crazy Kampala. So in Kampala, you need to have your eyes on your back and always be very smart about everything you do. Not just pickpockets, all kinds of dangers there, especially by night. So you need to be smart about being in Kampala. Let me also add, uh, a story of that kind uh, in the show notes, talking about the night adventures of a certain uh, individual called Miha Logar on the night streets of Kampala. <laughs> Miha, I agree with you completely on the crazy, crazy Kampala. You know, there is a, one of our local artists coined a phrase, Kampala City Zimbe. It just means Kampala is not the buildings. There is Kampala, the city, and there is Kampala, the phenomenon. Okay, so here's a couple of things. One, on Kampala streets, you don't want to be flashing your cell phone around, especially if it's a nice, fancy smartphone. Like, it will be gone in a second. Like, before you can say crazy Kampala, it will be gone. Um, if you're in a car, 
and you have your cell phone and you know you're using the cell the, the window side yeah they'll just come and it's gone there are those crazy guys called border borders they ride like crazy um you kind of want to keep an eye on them like when they if you're speaking on the phone you're walking on the road and a border border comes riding up beside behind you there are some guys who pose as border border guys and then they will just like snatch the phone or snatch the wallet or snatch the bag you know so you want to walk with your bag on the on the opposite side if you're walking and if you're in a car you want to keep your bag on the side that's not near the window because it will be gone in a second I promise you'll be gone with the wind as they say I would advise a traveler to either get uber or safe border safe border is like an app that you can get those motorbike taxis who are very very convenient but very inconvenient if you end up on the wrong side of them so safe border is an app that has if you download it you can register into it and all the riders are registered so they are less you know they are much more reliable because the app sets the price for you and then the the, the border rider is also is known is registered on the app it's generally a good thing to tip these guys also because they love it and they I guess they do need it so and they can be really friendly with you your rates go up and you get the good riders and that sort of thing so yeah so crazy crazy Kampala is it's, it's a good place man there's lots of places to hang out and just enjoy yourself but also you kind of have to just understand the way the city works and with that ladies and gentlemen we come to the end of another episode of see Africa breathe Africa thank you for tuning in and as I promised Miha, I'm going to be improvising with the theme of the, of the podcast that we've just done. I'll be improvising the Sea Africa Breathe Africa tune. So here goes. Let's let's give this a try. Whether you're on the streets of Kampala or in a big fancy hotel. You can feel the friendliness in the air and you can hear the stories we tell Whether you're in the Virungas of Rwanda or in the Bwini impenetrable forest Hiking in the mountains of the Congo There's one thing for sure You can see Africa, beat Africa and see Africa yeah. live recording session every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Rwandan time. That's 9 a.m. in my Santa Barbara, 4 p.m. in London, and 7 p.m. in Kampala. And you're most welcome to join us. We publish the podcast before Saturday for your weekend pleasures. Now let me take some tea and hear you next week.